0: Since Christ my soul from sin set free, this world has been a heaven to me. And miller's sorrows and this woe is heaven my Jesus, dear to know. Oh, hallelujah, yes, it is heaven, it is heaven to know my sins forgive. On land or sea, what matters where? Where Jesus is, is there and there. What matters where on earth we dwell? On mountain tops,
1: O oh Lord, Thou who art the Creator and the Redeemer of man, we rejoice that Thou knowest the end from the beginning and hast planned a glorious future for this world. In Thy holy book Thou hast drawn aside the veil that hides the future, and reveal to our rejoicing hearts the soon-coming victory of righteousness that shall fill the earth with the glory of the Lord. That this broadcast may bring this blessed and intelligent hope to those in every land who hear it, we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Greetings to our friends, everyone and everywhere. I hold in my hand a letter taken from the Voice of Prophecy mailbag, a letter from an inmate of San Quentin Penitentiary. It's enough to cheer any shut-in, enough to brighten any lonely life, and here it is. Dear Voice, I've been in prison seven years, but I've had some of my greatest Christian experiences in the past month or so, During the last two weeks, I have contacted four men who are really interested in their soul salvation, for which I praise God. I've never seen the like before. These men all want to take the Voice of Prophecy Worldwide Bible Correspondence course. God is very close to me, and these experiences have made me feel that I was, well, just out of this old sinful world of ours. Then, like heaven on earth, there isn't anything in the world that will make me give up now. I know the road will be rough at times, and... There'll be thorns along the way that will prick us, but I'm going on through with Jesus, who never fails his children, even though I'm in prison. I've submitted my case into his hands. Sincerely, yours in Christ. Well, that's a good letter, friends, isn't it? We know you'll keep looking up, too, and however hard your situation may be, follow the Savior wherever he leads. Listen. Where my Savior
0: leads, I'll follow. Follow him. Fair, where no fears, nor perils come me, while I'm in my shepherd's care. Brighter still, Brighter still the path is growing, lover still, still more sweet shall be. For in, for paths, in paths of peace and plenty, My Savior leads I'll follow In the thorn in the road When the burden for distress me And when heavy is my load Yet his love, Yet his love brings blessed sun And
1: Thank you, King's Heralds, and now, the voice of prophecy with a Bible message for today, the prophecies of Jesus.
2: Once in a long while, someone writes to the voice of prophecy the expectation that our program is designed to peer into his or her future, advise on business, marriage, and so forth, cast a horoscope, or do something of that nature. We have no such part, anything like that. Our broadcast is designed to meet a growing desire among thousands of people in our land and other lands to hear the simple gospel story and the scriptural prophecies of the Old and New Testament. Many of these wonderful prophecies of the Holy Bible are being fulfilled now in our time. And it is to bring these Bible prophecies to the hearts of men, always in the light of the cross, lifting up Christ crucified, Christ ascended to heaven, Christ coming again that the Voice of Prophecy radio program carries on its work. We've entitled our message for today, Prophecies of Jesus. It may surprise some to hear Jesus spoken of as a prophet, but he was a prophet, the greatest prophet of them all. About 1,500 years before he was born as a babe in Bethlehem, Moses recorded the words of God to the Israelites, saying, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee and of thy brethren, like unto me. Unto him ye shall hearken. Deuteronomy 18.15. Read also verses 18 and 19. That this is a prediction concerning Christ is plainly stated by the Apostle Peter in Acts 3.20. So here we have Jesus called a prophet by no less authority than God himself. That ought to settle it for all who believe in the Scriptures. Not only was Jesus a prophet while here on earth, but it was His Spirit which inspired all the prophets of Old Testament times, as we read in 1 Peter 1.10, the Spirit of Christ which was in them. And of course all the prophets of the New Testament were guided and inspired by Christ. They were His own disciples, His own apostles. It could not have been otherwise. Added to this, we have the testimony of the angel of the prophets in Revelation 19.10, overcome with the glory of this mighty being, John, the writer of the book of Revelation, fell at his feet to worship him? But he said, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren, that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So we see from this that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. It's his own message to men. That's the reason the prophecies of the Scripture are so important. They are the very words and messages of our Savior to us. And in these latter days, we need as never before to hear what he has to say to us. We cannot mention all the prophecies of Jesus in this little broadcast, but we shall consider some. For instance, what prophecy did the Savior make concerning his second coming? Here it is in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 2 and 3. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. On hearing that the time would come when the magnificent temple of Jerusalem would be entirely destroyed, what did the surprised disciples ask Jesus? We read their question here in Matthew 24, 3. They said, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Did our Lord intimate in his answer that the end of the world or the end of the age was then close at hand? No, indeed. He did just the opposite. He warned them against any such deduction, as we see in verses 4 to 6. He said, Take heed that no man deceive you. Many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. When we speak of the great prophecies of Jesus about the course of history, the end of the age, his second coming, some people say, oh, he said he was coming right away in the days of the disciples. But you see, that idea is entirely wrong. Jesus warned against that very thing and foretold many events in world history that would take place before his return. Read the whole 24th chapter of Matthew and see for yourself. It's perfectly clear for after telling the four disciples, Peter and James and John and Andrew, privately, that there would be wars, famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in many places. What did he say about these things? When did he say they would come? Notice verse 8. All these things, he said, are the beginning of sorrow. With all these things taking place is only the beginning of sorrow. The disciples certainly would not look for the Lord's coming immediately in their generation. How far was the gospel to be preached before the end? Did Jesus have anything to say about that? Certainly he did, as we read here in verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. The word then is used here as an adverb of time, meaning at that time. When this worldwide preaching is accomplished so as to fulfill Christ's prophecy, then the end will come. Our Lord didn't say this preaching of the gospel would convert the world or even greatly change it, but it is to be a witness unto all nations that they may be condemned who do not obey it. And friends, it's astounding how the gospel has been going over the earth in the last hundred years, especially the last few years, rapid transportation, steamships, railroads, automobiles, now the plane, all in God's providence. These inventions have enabled the gospel messenger to go quickly out into the highways and byways of the world for the last call to the gospel supper. The heart of Africa has been explored. Tibet, the closed land, is being penetrated by the messengers of Christ. The jungles of South America are hearing the melody of Christian song. The gospel is going fast, faster and farther than we can know. The voice of prophecy, along with other gospel broadcasts, is playing its part in the glad evangel, preaching Christ to the millions, forward in faith. We must never stop the work but by voice, by pen, by radio, by self-forgetful service, by prayer. We must preach this gospel of the kingdom on and on, always telling of the love of Jesus to the souls who never heard. So you see, friends, if the words of this prophecy of Jesus are taken for just what they say, that is, that the gospel is to go into all the world, that is, to be preached, not to convert the world, but for a witness unto all nations, that when it's so preached, we may expect the end, then it may well be that the end is nearer than most of us think. After giving a general summary of coming events, Jesus made a definite prophecy about the approach and fall of Jerusalem in verses 15 and onward of Matthew 24. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth let him understand. What is this abomination of desolation? When you read the parallel passage in Luke 21, 20, it's clear. Notice. When ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know the desolation thereof is near. This was all fulfilled about 40 years later when the pagan Roman army came and destroyed the holy city. The Jewish nation was scattered to the ends of the earth. Just notice the prophecy of verse 24. They shall fall by the edge of the sword, led away captive into all nations. Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And from that day to this, Gentile powers have ruled Jerusalem and the Holy Land. The prophecies of Jesus never fail. Next, our Savior pictures the heathen persecutions and the great tribulation of the Dark Ages, this latter period 1260 years long, ending in A.D. 1798. This great time prophecy is mentioned in the book of Daniel's prophecy, Daniel 7.25, and also in the book of Revelation in several places. If any of our listeners desire to go into this wonderful 1260-year-day prophecy which shows where we are in the stream of time, let us know. We should be glad to mail a short explanation free. Better still, read that great book, The Prophecies of Daniel and the Revelation by Professor Uriah Smith, a verse-by-verse explanation of these great prophecies. Borrow it from the library in your town or from a neighbor or purchase a copy. Personally, I wouldn't be without it. In fact... I'm reading the 800 page new edition right now. Next in Matthew 24:22, Jesus prophesied that those days of persecution would be shortened and history proves that they were, he said. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved but for the elect's sake. Those days shall be shortened. Great world events, the reformation, the rise of the present nations of Europe and America brought in the modern age of liberty. Now come to verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. When Mark recorded the words of Christ, he put it this way, In those days, after that tribulation, the sun shall be darkened. Mark 13. And so it was. The days ended in 1798. This is all proven literature mentioned. But the persecution eased up a number of years before, about 1773 or 1776. So somewhere in that period of about 25 years, the prophecy of Jesus declared the great black sun sign would appear, did it? History says yes in capital letters on May 19, 1780. In the days, but after the tribulation, the great dark day occurred. Astronomers and historians are still discussing the cause of it, but that's immaterial. Jesus said it would come, it did come. He said it would come within a narrow wedge of years and it appeared on time. You can depend upon the prophecies of Jesus Always, on the night following the great dark day, the moon appeared with blood. Next in the celestial schedule, said Jesus, would be the falling of the stars, and again, history testified to his divine preview of the future. For on November 13, 1833, came the most stupendous barrage of flashing meteors ever seen to the eye of man. Read about it in the encyclopedia or in some good book on astronomy. The falling stars, as we call the great meteoric shower, came. Jesus said it would. But remember, friend, it came when he said it would come, after 1780, after the Black Sun. It came on schedule in the order of Christ's prophecy. Now listen to his very next words. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the door. This brings us up to the beginning of this last century of inventions, missions, and war, our century. Think of it, friends. He is even at the door.
0: The coming king is at the door. Who wants the cross for sin is born? But now the righteous ones alone. He comes to gather all at the door. At the door, at the door. At the door. At the door. At the door.
2: In the next two verses of the prophecy, Jesus warns of the appearance of false Christs and false prophets, showing great signs and wonders. They've come, and they are here. Modernized, streamlined, to be sure, but they're here. We could name several at this very moment. Miracles, signs, wonders, dynamic and supernatural personalities, yes. If it were possible, they would deceive the very elect, but thank God it's not possible. And if they shall say unto you, Behold, he's in the desert, go not forth. He's in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. It's important for us to know the manner of our Lord's coming, not secret, not a secret rapture unnoticed for the world, but glorious in the heavens like the lightning and worldwide. The secret rapture idea fits exactly with the plans of the coming super deceiver who will try to impersonate our returning Savior. Remember, Jesus said, I've told you before, the moral condition of the world of Christ's return will be like it was in the days of Noah. The flood of water swept away a corrupt age. Can we know just when the prophecies of Jesus will reach their final fulfillment in his return? No. He's not revealed this to us or anyone else for obvious reasons, for our own good. But friends, he's coming. We can tell when he's near, even at the door. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Friends, we do not know the day nor the hour, the exact time, but we are not only permitted to know when it's near, we are commanded to know Verse 33 says, When ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the door. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away.
0: We know not the hour of the master's appearing. But signs all foretell that the moment is nearing. When he shall return, tis the promise most cheering. But we know not the hour. He will come. come. Let us watch and be ready. Come. He will come Hallelujah Rejoice! Every omen is learning, but we know not the hour. He, he will come. Let us watch and be ready. He will come. He will come. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! He will come. In of glory, but we know
2: not the hour. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. So watch, fellow traveler, and be ready. For come he will, and that in the clouds of his Father's bright glory. Nothing you can do right now at this late crisis hour in human history is of greater importance than to be prepared. Have faith in God, whoever you may be. Have faith in God, on land and on the sea. Have faith in God. He cares for you and me. Have faith, dear friend, in God. Oh,
0: say to the rock that is higher
2: The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.